Bibles. Uh, we're going to begin a new series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit today. I'm excited you're here. You're not going to want to miss a, a week of these messages. Uh, they're powerful. I've been praying for God to release the gifts of the Spirit, in particular the manifestation gifts of the Spirit. And I'm going to get to that. But this week and next week is kind of an overview. And then we're going to start diving into what we traditionally call the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Things like word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, gift of tongues and interpretation, uh, the gift of prophecy, the gift of faith, the gift of miracles, and the gifts of healing. So we're going to talk about those, but I'm going to kind of give an overview today, and you're not going to want to miss it. I've been praying for God to really release the gifts of the Spirit in here. Amen? Amen. So we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20, uh, 12 through 25. And, uh, and if you will stand uh, to your feet for the reading of God's Word, uh, we're in the NIV version, and it's so really good to see you, Roberto and Roxanne and your children. Welcome home. We're glad to see y'all. Amen. We are, as way of report, we are continuing to, to view properties and things. Nothing's jumped out at us at this point, but our realtor's definitely doing his job, and I believe we're very close to getting our own place. And uh, back to a normal Sunday time, and can't wait to get to that neighborhood wherever it is. Amen? Amen. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 to 25. If you're there, shout out a good amen. amen. Don't forget you version notes. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit as, so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Everybody say many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed, everybody say God, God. has placed the parts in the body, every one of them just as he wanted them to be. God's placed you as he wanted you. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your presence. I thank you that you are a living hope, and I thank you that you have been nothing but good to us. Father, even in times where we go through difficulties and it seems to wonder what is going on and where you're at, God, you have been nothing but faithful and good to us, and we thank you for this. And now, God, I pray you would anoint me to speak forth your word, not in word and tongue only, but also in power and in deed. 
I ask you, Father, to anoint our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. God, let this seed be planted in the good soul of our hearts and grow bear forth fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen. Amen. Hold your Bibles in the air in whatever form you have, and let's boldly declare, Father, today, this week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears, anoint my heart, anoint my spirit, my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truth of your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen, amen. High five somebody as you're being seated if you're comfortable. A well-known conductor was holding a rehearsal one night with a vast array of musicians, hundred-person choir, and as the choir began belting out, man, you could hear the peal of the organ, the clashing of the cymbals, the blast of the horns. And back in the corner, the piccolo player thought, with all this noise, what's the difference? Why even bother doing my part? Just decided to stop playing. What does it matter? As soon as he stopped playing, the conductor stopped everybody and he said, Hey, something's not right. We're missing a piece. He figured out it was the piccolo. The shrill piccolo was missed. The conductor could tell that it wasn't a full orchestra and exactly how it should be. And just as there are uh, many notes needed to make a beautiful tune or song and many colors to make a beautiful painting... There are many parts in the kingdom of God and the body of Christ that are needed to make up the body of Christ. We are one body. Somebody say amen. We are bodies that have been given natural gifts. We are also going to talk in this series about the gifts of the Holy Spirit when he pours out gifts on us for certain times and certain purposes. But let's talk about what spiritual gifts are. Point number one is this. What are spiritual gifts? Just poke your neighbor and say, what are spiritual gifts? There are two Greek words used to talk about spiritual gifts in the New Testament. There is pneumatikos, which we find in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, which means spiritual things and spiritual enablements. We also find another Greek word, charismata. It's where we get the word charisma or uh, charismatic, the charismatic movement from. And it means enablements of God's grace or his gifts of grace. We find that in Romans 11, 12, and 1 Corinthians 12, Verse 4 through 8. So spiritual gifts are spiritual enablements. Or we could call them gifts of grace. Spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit are gifts of grace for the body of Christ to function the way God created us to. Someone say a good amen to that. So gifts of the Spirit are gifts of grace. You can't earn them. You can't ask for them enough. You can't deserve them. They are simply a gift of the grace of God, and they are never for yourself. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are in your life and will be placed on you for the benefit of other people. So if I choose not to walk in the gifts of grace that God has given me, I'm not the one penalized. You are. So if you choose not to walk in your gift of grace and the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life, it's not you're the one that's punished. It's not you're the one that's withheld from. It's us. So we all need to be operating in the gifts that God has given us. Can someone say a good amen? Now, we're to desire spiritual gifts. First, believers are to desire spiritual gifts. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says, 
pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. God tells us we're supposed to desire spiritual gifts. He also tells us that when we take our natural gifting that God has put inside of our life, a lifelong gift that we are to motivate and work with, he says we're supposed to discern what that is, develop what that is, and use it for his glory. We are not to look at spiritual gifts also as a sign of spiritual maturity or super spirituality. Now, this is very important that you hear this. Just because a person may have used a certain gift or may operate in a certain gift in their life does not mean they have a corner on biblical truth. Let me say that again. Just because someone operates in a certain gift, just because someone has a certain gift that's recognizable in their life, does not mean they are super Christian and they have a corner on biblical truth. Can I get a good amen? They are not super Christians and they are not superheroes of the church. They are just allowing the gift of grace to flow through them. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of an introduction here because I want you to catch this. So how do you care to categorize? There are three basic categories or spiritual gifts listed in the New Testament. There are ministry gifts or offices. There are motivational gifts. And then there are manifestation gifts. The manifestation gifts are the gifts that we're going to talk about at length the rest of this series. But let me catch the first two really quick. There are ministry gifts or offices. Everybody say offices. offices. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. Now these, these words are, are the words of Christ. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature that belongs to the fullness of Christ. How many of you think we have all attained to the maturity of Christ? None of us, right? So there's still perfecting that needs to happen. So God said, Jesus said, I'm going to establish five ministry gifts or offices to help perfect the church, to help mature believers, watch this, for the service of the kingdom of God. Hear me out. This is one of the most devastating things when Christian people stay home and they watch church on television versus being in the body of Christ. Where is your spiritual gift being used? Where is the spiritual gift that we all need being utilized when you sit in your living room and watch with a cup of coffee in your hand? Is it all right to preach and be real? How is that serving the kingdom of God? I want you to think about it now. I'm not saying, I, I'm not, don't anybody give me hate mail and hate emails and all that other stuff now because of COVID and all this other stuff. I, I get it. I get it. If you're afraid of COVID... I get it. I understand why you're home. But don't tell me you're going to parties, concerts, restaurants, and everywhere else into God's creation, but yet you can't come to the house of God. That's my problem. We got way too many people that can go everywhere else in life, but suddenly they're going to get COVID at church. I better keep preaching. I'm going to get myself in trouble here today. The problem is, is that you can't use your spiritual gift everywhere else. God wants it primarily in the house of God for one another. Now, you can use ministry gifts elsewhere, but I better go on because I see, some, I see some eyes glaring at me today already. We're just getting started here, baby. Amen. There are two streams of thought about ministry gifts or offices, and that is this. 
first. Some people believe that an individual owns the office of prophet or pastor or teacher, and that's like their lifelong thing. That means they, it's like personal property. That's who they are, that's what they're called to, and that's what they're going to be. Secondly, there are others that believe that these ministry gifts or offices operate in and through various people at various times. So just because I'm in the office of pastor doesn't mean that's my only gift. There may be times that I operate in a prophetic gift. There may be times that I offer operate in the office of a of a of a prophet. There may be times I operate in office of an evangelist, but maybe primarily my main office is to operate in the office of a pastor. Now you have to understand something about ministry gifts and offices. They are offices that Jesus placed in the body and they are leadership gifts and they trump all the other gifts always because there's you've got to have leadership and the right management in the house of God. Not just talking about a pastor, but in the other roles as well. So, whatever argument you accept or blend them both, it doesn't matter. What matters is the purpose of ministry gifts or offices is to provide spiritual leadership to the body of Christ. So, these things that you find in Ephesians 4 here are really leadership gifts that God has given all of us for the glory of God and to keep things running the way that they should. Someone say a good amen for that. Now there's a second group that I'm going to hit, and these are called motivational gifts. And these are gifts that we are born with. So now you have offices that God places you in, but now you have gifts that we are born with. What are these gifts that we are born with, some of us? Romans 12, 6 through 8, and all of us have some. We have different gifts. Everybody say, are you a we? Are you included in we? Are you included in we? Brother Leonard, are you included in we? Absolutely. We, that means all of us, have different gifts. That means we all have a gift according to the grace. Remember, I said they're, they're gifts of grace given to each of us. Everybody say each. Todd, are you in each? Sister Irma, are you in each? Absolutely. All of us have a spiritual gift. Poke your neighbor. I want you to catch this, and I'm going to belabor this on purpose. Poke to your, someone nearby and say, you have a spiritual gift. So here's what he says. He says, so now that we've established you have spiritual gifts, he says, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy according to your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently with all your heart. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So motivational gifts are natural qualities. They're going to put up on the overhead now. That individuals are born with and can absolutely be developed. Some of you were born with a gift to serve. Some were born with a gift to lead. Some were born with a gift of administration or helps or all these different things. Teaching. All these different ones. And they are given by the Holy Spirit. And their purpose is to partner with other believers to help build up the kingdom of God. Now, you probably are using your gifting that God has put inside of you for the kingdom of God for work. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's a natural inclination. So, for example, Roxanne, I know, has the gift of administration. Guess what? She works in an area of administration in her life. It makes sense. It is a gifted area for her. We all have giftings. 
It is our, it is our, it is our, uh, uh, it, is, it, it is something that we're naturally attracted to. It is something we're propelled to. We naturally go that way because we're good at it. And we tend to find work and employment in those areas. And guess what? That's a clue as to where your gifting can shine in the body of Christ. Someone say amen. Dale Cain has a great gift of administration. I don't. Look, I just want to go, just, just, if you want to make me happy, just let me go pray half the day. And just let me go get along with God. Let me hear what God has to say. Let me do what I'm good at. Because when you start getting in the nuts and bolts of everything, I don't really care how we do it. Just do it. Is that okay? I don't care about the dotting of the I and the crossing of the T. And we have a staff around me that they do care about that. And it's a good thing. I just say, hey, let's do this. And then, you know, here comes the million questions. And I just, I just want to crawl under the table and say, can y'all just answer all that? I'm leaving. I'll see y'all tomorrow. I'm going back to pray. <laughs> Amen. But that's where their gifting is excelling. And that's where I know I'm not strong at. And so I put people around me that are strong where I'm weak. That's called the, how the body of Christ works. Amen. Now, these are not necessarily, these motivational gifts are not leadership gifts necessarily, but they're used to motivate each other or profit the body of Christ. So, point number two is this. Let's talk about some guidelines for spiritual gifts. Everybody say guidelines for spiritual gifts. Okay, so first of all, everyone has at least one spiritual gift. Here's a second witness, 1 Peter 4.10. As each one, everybody say each. Each one has received a gift. That means you already have a gift. You are born with it. Minister or serve it to one another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. A steward means you're not an owner. You're just a manager. So if I go down here and I own McDonald's, which I don't, but if I did, and I go down to the manager and I say, well, manager Sonny, here's what we're going to do tomorrow morning. The first two hours operation, we're going to give everybody free egg McMuffins and coffee all until the two hours is up. Now, Sonny, you're just the manager at the store. Does that bother you? Oh, that bothers him. Why does it bother you? It ain't your hamburgers. It's my hamburgers. I give away. Would it bother you, Pete? It is a lot of work. Yeah. But would it bother you, Pete? I mean, after all, it's my egg McMuffins, right? I own the McDonald's, not you. So see, the reason that we have people that are not giving properly in the kingdom of God is because they think that what they have is theirs. And they haven't realized yet that everything they own actually God owns and they're just managers of it. And if you don't believe that what I'm saying is true, take your last breath on earth and you will find very quickly you own nothing. <laughs> Because now your family's going to have what you had. And then one day they, you're their family. And go and on and on and on it goes. Because we're just stewards. Look what the Bible says. Go back to that verse, if you will, in 1 Peter 4.10. It says, as each one has received a gift, minister or service it to one another. Service it to one another. I, I don't mean to belabor this. And I know we have people watching online. But how can you minister your gift to another person if all you do is sit at home and watch church on your couch and drink a cup of coffee. Is it okay to just be real? Yeah. 
And we're supposed to serve it to one another, watch this, as good stewards. That means if we're not serving one another with the gifts God has given us, then we're bad stewards of the manifold grace of God or the power of God or the gifts of grace. How many want to be a good steward? He said, if you've been faithful with a little, I'll give you more. But if you haven't been faithful a little, don't even think about getting more. How many wants to be a good steward of what God's given us? Everyone has at least one gift and some more than one spiritual gift, and that's okay. And these are motivational gifts. These are not manifestation gifts. We'll talk about that later. Second, we need to pray for wisdom. James 1.5 says this, But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives all to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Christians should pray God give them wisdom to discern what their gifts are and how to best operate in those gifts. Amen. Be available for the Holy Spirit to work through. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? It is one thing to be available for a manifestation gift, which is like the word of wisdom or a gift of prophecy, just to, just to pour out on you and just, boo, you flow in it. But it's quite another to take the gift you were born with, the gift of serving, the gift of helps, the gift of giving, the gift of mercy, and operate and walk in that on a daily basis. Someone say amen. Are you available? Because God is looking for more, more than just ability. God is looking for availability. So I don't know how it is at your house, but at my house, I hang the pictures where Holly tells me to. She says, hold it up there. And I have to duck my head. And then she says, move it to the left just a pinch. What does that mean? My head's looking down. So I move it over, oh, too far. So I move it over, and I finally get it where she wants it, and I got my finger there. She says, okay, that's the spot. Don't lose the spot. Okay, I won't lose the spot. But I don't have my hammer near me. That's over there. So I've got a choice now. I either lose the spot and go through this ordeal again, or I go get the hammer. What could I do? If she's not around, and she's already put the X on the wall, which sometimes she does, she takes the pencil and puts it, she says, I want it right in the middle of that X. Okay, so I got, I, got the, I got the spot. I got my finger on it. She's holding it. I got the nails in between my teeth. I don't have my hammer, so what do I do? If you take your shoe off, how many of you have ever done this? Hold the toe in, hit the nail in there, at least enough to get it in there with the heel of the shoe, Put it down, walk over, get the hammer, and then put it back. How many know what I'm talking about, right? My question is, why did we use the shoe? Because it was the closest to our hand. You see, there might be people in the church who have more ability than you. They may be smarter than you. They may be more intelligent than you. They may have more natural gifts than you. But when God reaches back his hand to grab, take hold of something, to do something for his glory, he's always going to grab who's closest to his hand. God is looking primarily for those who are available. You and I, when we are available to him, even though we may not be as naturally gifted as other people, God will use us because we're closest to him. I was in a conference with Reinhard Bonnke who won over a million Africans to the Lord. And he was just, he was, he was very just, just moved by this service. And he went to God and he said, God, why out of all the people in the world did you choose me? He said, God said, you weren't my first choice. He said he was a little stunned. 
He said he regained his composure. He said, okay, God. He said, why was I your second choice? He said, you weren't my second choice and you weren't my third choice. You were just the one I got to that was available. How many of us are available to be used by God for his glory? You have to also examine your heart's desire. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. This does not mean that when you love the Lord, he'll give you whatever you want. What it means is, when you love the Lord, God begins to change your heart to give you his heart. So now your desires are actually his desires, and that's why he gives you the desires of your heart. Someone say a good amen. amen. Learn to discern your gift. Listen. Let me give you some practical stuff here. How do I discern what my natural gift is? Okay, if you walk into an organization and you become part of a, uh, you're, you're hired at a job, and the first thing you see is chaos everywhere. There's no order. There's mismanagement. That's probably the gift of administration coming out of you saying, I am born to fix this problem. Whatever it is that drives you crazy is probably the gift God's given you to fix that. If you walk into and you see all you see is ignorance everywhere. And I'm not being ugly when I say I'm just saying not knowing. And man, no one knows the word. And these people, they're just everywhere. Nobody knows the word. They need to know the truth. They need to know the truth. It could be you have the gift of teaching trying to come out of you. Is this okay? Maybe, maybe you don't walk in a room and see confusion everywhere, but maybe all you can see in life is hurting people, and we've got to meet their needs. Maybe that's the gift of mercy trying to come out of you. Are you seeing this? This is a clue as to where your gift lies. Maybe another believer, all you see is poverty everywhere, and you see the shoes up there, and you go, oh, my God, we got to mortgage the house and buy all these kids' shoes we got to do something, man. Let's give. Maybe that's the gift of giving come out of you. And I don't mortgage your house. I'm just saying. But your thought is, oh, i got to go. I'm going to go wash cars, do whatever i got to do. I've got to be able to give these people what they need. I need to give. That maybe the gift of giving is coming out of you. Maybe you walk into a room and you say, this is the most unfriendly people I've ever seen in my life. Man, if I was here, here here's what we would do to make this the most friendliest place on earth. Here's what I would do to... To, to be more encouraging. Here's what we could do to make things warmer and more genuine. Then you probably have the gift of hospitality trying to come out of you. Are you seeing this? How many of you are already starting to see yourself in some of what I've given? Maybe, maybe you walk out to them and all you can see in this world, at your workplace, everywhere you go, all you can see is unsaved people. Man, they need to be saved. Nobody's saved. The people need to be saved. They need to be saved. They need to be saved. Probably the gift of evangelism is trying to come out of you. That's why when someone comes to me and they say, man, pastor, we've got to get more friendly at the door. We've got to get more hospitable. Then usually I make you the president of the club to fix it. I haven't had anybody come to me in years. Do you know why I make you president of the club to fix it? Because what you're telling me is I have the gift to fix that. 
I'm bothered by this. It could be better. It needs to be better for the kingdom of God. Everybody who enters these doors need to feel loved. They need to feel welcomed. They need to be showered with kindness. And, love. and I've got to fix this. That's probably the gift of hospitality coming out of you. And guess what? How silly would it be as me as pastor to say, well, I recognize that gift, but we're not interested. No. Let's get you and your gift in operating so that we can be the friendliest church in America. So that we can be the most loving group of people. The most accepting group of people. Are you seeing this? The people clapping the loudest usually are probably the ones that have the gift of hospitality. My point is, is what bothers you, listen, what bothers you and eats you up, whether at church or at work, is probably the gift God's put in you to fix that problem. If you find yourself saying, why can't they just do this? God's probably saying to you, why don't you do this? Is it okay? I've gone from preaching to meddling, but I'm having a good time. <laughs> Never, ever put another Christian down because they don't operate in your gift. I have seen this over and over in the body of Christ. Well, if you cared about so-and-so, brother, you do whatever you can to help that person. Well, that you feel that strongly because you have the gift of mercy. They may not have the gift of mercy. They may have the gift of teaching truth and say, well, I tell you what, you can give them a handout if you want, but if they really want to get out of that problem, you send them over here to me, and I'm going to teach them how to never need a handout again. Well, that's cold-hearted, brother. No, no, that ain't cold-hearted. That's my gift of teaching. I'm going to help them, right? I can, I can give a man a fish to eat for a day, but if I teach him to fish, he eats what? For a lifetime. We all have different gifts. My teaching to that brother may not help that person at the moment fill their belly. You with the gift of mercy will. But together, if we work together, we're going to meet the needs now and put a plan in place to help them get out of that mess. Isn't that what, isn't that what Dave Ramsey does with finances? Hey, you know what? We want to help, but let's, let's fix the problem that we have here. My point is this. All the gifts need to work together. Don't ever put someone down. Listen, simply put, we tend to have a lack of understanding and no patience with people, watch this, that don't operate in our same gifting. So a person that is a gifted intercessor will want to know why everyone in the church is in that Wednesday, night, Wednesday morning prayer meeting at 10 a.m. I'll tell you why, because that's your passion. You're retired. You can't, don't have to work. I better, I better go on. The finger has a different focus than the heart. The wrist has different desires than the brain, but they're all important, watch this, to be a fully functioning human being. In the same way, all our parts together are needed to be a fully functioning body of Christ. Point number three is this. There are wrong responses to spiritual gifts. Everybody want to hear the wrong responses? Let's go there. Amen. First of all, it's wrong to neglect your gift. 1 Timothy 4.14 says this. Do not neglect the gift that is in Todd Dave's. It's easy for us to look at someone else and say, Brother Sonny, don't neglect the gift that's in you. God's saying this to us. Dallas Howard, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on the hands of the eldership. 
Second, it would be wrong to wait for inspiration before utilizing a gift. Listen, even if you don't feel like using your gift at that moment, doesn't mean you have a right not to use the gift God has given you for his glory and his kingdom. I'll be honest with you. Every Sunday I come here, I don't always feel like smiling and preaching the word. Is that all right? Is it all right to be real? Sometimes I got a tough week. Sometimes there's a lot of problems I deal with. Sometimes there's a lot of issues that I got on my plate. Sometimes the devil's hounding me. Sometimes it's a, it's a culmination. And by Sunday morning, I wake up and I think, oh, my God, I don't, I don't even want to be at church today, let alone have to stand in front of anybody and preach. God, I don't feel like it. Please magically just put somebody else in the pulpit today. It hasn't worked yet. God says, I am magically going to do it. You've studied all week. You've prayed all week. Get in the pulpit and preach it. You'll be all right when it's all said and done. Well, kumbaya, right? I know. The gift is there whether we feel like using it or not. It's called maturity. Amen. You may not feel like showering, but the rest of us are going to tell you, you need to shower. Amen. You may not feel like using toothpaste and a toothbrush all week, but I promise you, the rest of us are going to tell you, we need you to brush them teeth this week, whether you feel like it or not. Someone say amen. amen. Glory to God. Is this all right preaching today? We may Listen, third, it would be wrong to refuse involvement in areas other than your own gift. So you can't say, well, brother, I got the, pastor, I got the gift of hospitality, and I see that little commercial with them shoes. I don't have the gift of giving, so I'm out. No, 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 no. We're all called to be givers. Well, well, pastor, pastor, I don't have the gift of evangelizing, so I'll never have to share Jesus with anybody. I'm off the hook. No, 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 no. We're all called to be witnesses for the glory of God. Amen. Some people have a driving passion for it. Some people will do it if they kind of have to. Some people will do it and they'll shake in their shoes, but they will actually do it, hopefully. But my point is you can't just say, well, I don't operate in that gift, so I don't have to do that. Fourth, it would be wrong to stop exercising a gift because of relational conflicts or a lack of appreciation by others. What do I mean by that? If a Christian is exercising a spiritual gift and develops a conflict with someone in the church, they might say, and there is a tendency, and there are people that will do this, they'll say, well, I ain't going to exercise my gift anymore in the church because sister so-and-so, and I know she'll be blessed by it, and I can't stand her, so I ain't using my gift to bless her. Let me show you how that works. I greeted the door and love everybody. Oh, here come brother so-and-so. Well, I don't want anybody to know. So when he comes in the door, I'm going to just casually have a conversation over here with this brother. And I'll wait for that brother to leave. When that brother's gone, I'll come back to the door. God bless you. It's so good to see you. I ain't showing that brother any kindness. I'm not going to teach this purple book class because sister so-and-so's in there and she might actually get something out of this and I don't want her blessed. So I'm going to withhold my gift. Well, several in the church don't appreciate the person anyway, so why should we be a blessing to her? 
I'm telling you, there's some evil thoughts that the devil puts in some of our heads. Someone say amen. And you can't say either, well, I'm not using my gift at that church anymore because nobody ever gives me a pat on the back. No one ever recognizes me, so why should I bother anymore? God, I'm going and taking my gift somewhere else where somebody can recognize me. That's not what God intended. Remember, God has placed us all in the body. Someone say amen. I told you, I went from preaching to meddling, and I'm just going to keep on going. It would be wrong to assume that we don't need to develop our spiritual gifts. 1 Timothy 4.13. Till I come, watch this, he says, give attention to reading, to exhortation, and doctrine. That means grow in the gift God has given you. Ministry and motivational gifts are expected to be developed. We are supposed to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And, and, our, and, our, and, the, and, and we're supposed to get better and better in our gifting. So watch, how does this work? An all-pro tight end for the Cincinnati Bengals, now that would be a miracle, an all-pro tight end for Cincinnati may have all-pro talent, but the only way he becomes hard all-pro is to couple that talent with his work ethic. When he combines the hard work and the natural ability, he becomes the all-pro, all-world Tom Brady that we know of. But without the hard work, it's not going to happen. There is a part that we have to play. We've got to develop ourselves in the kingdom of God. It's why I'm constantly reading leadership books. It's kind of why I went to get a master's degree in leadership. It's why one day I'm going to get a PhD in organizational leadership. I want to get better at leadership so I can lead the kingdom of God's church better. Someone say amen. I don't want to do it for my glory. I want to do it for the glory of God. Someone say amen. Six, it would be wrong to assume that you have to be gifted in all areas rather than just developing one or more areas. Look at 1 Timothy 4, 14 15. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy and the laying on the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. What things? The gifts. Give yourself, watch this, entirely to them. That your progress, watch this, may be evident to all. Leave this up for just a second. He says, meditate on the gifts God has given you. Then give yourself not halfway. Well, pastor, if all you need me to do is show up 15 minutes early for church and that's all you're asking, well, I guess I can give God 15 minutes. He didn't say give God 15 minutes on Sunday. He said give yourself entirely. That means everything you are, who you are, all your abilities, everything in you. The kingdom of God. What have we been learning from John Bevere? Give yourself entirely to those gifts, to that supreme, powerful rule, God's supreme, powerful rule inside of us. Watch this, that your progress may be evident to all. That, in other words, we should all be able to look and see, man, you're growing in that gift. Man, you're growing, Todd, in that gift. Wow, I can see with my eyes how you're growing and maturing in that. Isn't that what the scripture says? You may have one or more gifts, but never all. And that is why we, the whole church, are called to be the body of Christ. Finally, it would be wrong to judge a gift as superior or inferior. Remember, we're all part of the same body. Watch what 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says. Just as a body, though one, has many parts. Everybody say parts. 
But all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. So we are one body in here. Watch this. You know what the word parts means in Greek? Equal units. The problem that we have in the kingdom of God, the problem that we have in the church in America is we have people that sit in the pews and they think either one of two things. They think either my gift is bigger or greater than sister so-and-so's or it's smaller or lesser than sister so-and-so's. So when you compare yourself to someone else's gift, if you see yourself as greater, pride sets in and you're, now you're, you're in trouble. Or you see yourself as lesser, now dejection and rejection sets in and now you're not going to do anything. But the Bible says, watch this, we are all equal parts. That means what you minimize and you say, well, my gift is nothing. But I just, all I do is hug a few people out the door. You have just minimized what God has called you. Because your part at that door, Brother Bob Green, is every bit as equal as my gift preaching from this pulpit. There is no difference. Let me say it again. There is no difference. Sister Carol, you sit in there because you can't stand. You sit on your chair and you smile at people with that beautiful smile. And you welcome people in the door. And I'm here to tell you, God says you are an equal unit. You are the same value as Holly leading worship up here. There is no difference. Let me say it again and shout it. Woo! We are equal units. There's no big eyes and little U's. Everyone is important. No one light shines bigger than someone else's. Every light has a purpose. Listen, you, you may see your light. Well, my test, I got this little light, Pastor. I just this, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. And, but this guy over here's got a spotlight. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute, listen. You get out of bed in the middle of the night and you're not sleeping well and you say, I want a little cold milk. Maybe some of the stuff in the milk will help me sleep. You open that fridge. That fridge has just a little light. What you don't need in that dark house at three in the morning is a searchlight. You just need enough light to be able to see. Or maybe, maybe Mother Nature's calling and it's three in the morning and you got to get up and you got to go to the toilet but you don't want to turn the whole bathroom light on, so you have a little night light in there, and it's just enough light to be able to see so you can get on the toilet, do your business, and go back to bed. Listen, that light is very important. Like you don't miss the toilet, amen. Watch this. The small light in the refrigerator or the little night light in the bathroom is just as important as any bright light in the living room or any floodlight in the driveway. Why? Listen very closely. Because the light determines its importance by whether or not it fulfills its purpose. And there are some that you're not fulfilling your purpose. You are not fulfilling the reason God created you and gifted you with a gift of grace. I wonder how many more people would be saved. I wonder how many more people would be sitting in the pews if we would all use the gift God has given us for his glory. Is this okay to preach today? 
Every gift is important. Listen, what is most truly valuable is often underrated. We should never lessen the gifts and talents that God has given us. So let me close with this. The only person who ever walked earth that had the fullness of all the gifts and the full measure of the power of God was Jesus Christ. Well, pastor, I know that. He was the son of God. But he died and he, I know he was raised from the grave, but my Bible tells me he sits at the right hand of the Father living to intercede for us. He's not on the earth anymore. I would say you're absolutely correct, but watch this. Everyone listen very closely. No one person ever again on this earth will have all the fullness of God, all the fullness of all the gifts of the Spirit in one of us like Jesus Christ. So what's the answer? The answer is he multiplied himself. He said, instead of it all being in me, I'm going to let the fullness of God and all the gifts of the Spirit flow in all of you. 